Hello, beautiful being. Welcome to Airdrops from Erica. Thank you for being here. I am Erica Cullum, the witchy intuitive life and business coach slash human behind Collective Commons. And this transmission was created and shared with the intention of helping you find more clarity, contentment, and ease. I personally believe that all comes from a deep sense of connection, which I am passionate about cultivating both internally for people to feel more connected to themselves, as well as externally for folks to feel more connected to others and the world around them. Um, you can head over to collective-commons.com to learn more about how I do that through one-on-one -on -one coaching group events, on-demand workshops, and then there's even some free classes over there. So catch me there or on Instagram at collective.commons. And thank you. Just Thank you for being connected to me and sharing your time and energy here. I already said that once, but it truly means so much. And I'm just so freaking excited because today is super special. It's the first in a series of posy conversations that I am sharing during this winter season. And really what happened is I reached out to some of the people that have really impacted me um, over the past year or so, you know, since the before times. And honestly, just folks that have been really supportive of me as a human and my work. And I just wanted to have some conversations with friends and share them because I know this time can be cold and dark and lonely and stressful. And this is meant to be a warm, cozy space, like just steeped full of rich, supportive and nurturing energy that you can drop into whenever you want to feel like you're having a cup of something hot with um, just some people who care. So the very first person that I wanted to share this space with was my fairy godmother, Karen Lepage. Um, and actually, I know that she's a fairy godmother to many because to know her is to love her. I mean, I am going to try to keep this short because I could truly wax poetic about Karen for ages, but she's just someone that I truly admire both from the way she partners and parents in her personal life to the way she's committed to inclusivity and equality in her business, which by the way is so fucking cool. She's a professional seamstress, which is not nearly expansive enough of a term to categorize what she does, but among her many specialties and talents, um, she works with designers and brands to help them expand their, their patterns and their designs so that they can fit a wider range of bodies, um, which is so dope. She's consulted with them on how to be more environmentally and ethical response ethically responsible when they're setting up their manufacturing and their factories. And luckily for everybody, she works with us regular folks too. She's an amazing teacher who knows that we can understand ourselves better through making and working with our hands. So She's got some wonderful, wonderful options, um, including an online course called Sewing is Magic, where she teaches even the most novice beginners how to use a sewing machine. And honestly, there's so much more. Um, oh gosh, yeah, she offers gene key readings um, because she's a badass witch and a student of the esoteric, and she's got big MG energy. Um, so together we talk about preparing for impatient situations, um, being kind versus being nice, how Karen is infusing magic into her winter season, like so many great things. I will let her speak for herself. So without further ado, here is my cozy combo with Karen Lepage. Board. Okay, and we'll get going. All right, Karen, thank you for being Hi. here with me today. So thank lovely you for inviting um, me. Karen, you are going to be the first guest episode as as my 
fairy godmother, but also I think, I don't think I can claim that exclusively to me because I know that you're that for several, several people. And so it just made sense that you're the first one that I'm recording, but also I'd already thought about this, that you will be the first one that actually gets put out into the world. So. Oh, I'm so honored. Thank you for inviting me. Absolutely. So we're just going to get started with like we in general, and especially me, I love, and I know that this is something that's true for you too. Like you love, we love knowing ourselves, right. And the tools that we use to understand ourselves better. So I know that you're into a lot of different modalities. Is there any aspect or placement in any of those charts or things that you are finding you are deeply resonating with right now? Yes. Yes, there are many, but I think I'm going to um, stick with the, the Gene Keys because the Gene Keys is a system that encompasses human design and um, also astrology, and I love both of those as well. And the placement that is really um, guiding me lately is my life's work, which is my natal sun sign. Um, and that is the Jinky five and the gift there is patience. And so I am working really hard and also trying to allow and not work so hard at um, being a patient person in all of my adventures, um, whether it's work or with my family or with other people, I'm not always successful. And I guess that's because I'm human. So patience is the, the gift and the demand that I'm responding to. Right now. All right. I love that. And I'm, uh, I have you to thank for getting me into Jean Keys. Actually, you and Capucine, Karen and I met through Capucine's Reiki school, um, mm-hmm. probably almost two years ago now. Um, yes, November 2019 is when I started. Oh, yeah, time, time mm-hmm. keeps moving. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I remember you both being like, jinkies, jinkies. And I was like, at that point, I was kind of, I just got into astrology. I didn't understand human design. I was like, I'm not ready for another, another thing. Um, but, but it's not another thing. It's yeah. You know, it's, I, my brain, like I love to like, <laughs> right, I love right. to dive deep. And so I was just mm-hmm. like, I knew that I didn't have the bandwidth for it. Um, but, you know, one of the gifts of the past year or two has been, more time than I had anticipated having to study these things and learn them. And so, I mean, I, I had a jinky session with you a couple months ago, and that was one of the best readings I had ever had. I found it to be so apart from like my first, my first natal chart reading, because that was the first mm-hmm. kind of reading of anything that I'd had where I was like, right. oh my gosh. And then, you know, I've done some other things, but the jinkies were so enlightening and there's so much depth to the information that you can find out about yourself in there. And it doesn't demand that you believe it, right? It's an offer and you can inquire internally about it. That's what I love. There's no, this is who you are. It's, oh, do you see this? Did you know this is a gift you can have? Why don't you try it out? Which is, you know, perfect for people like us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's my favorite thing about Gene Keys is that for kind of 
and if you if you don't know what we're talking about jinkies you just need to go book a session with karen but like for each gift right or each each number there's like there's a um like the the levels so it's not like frequency bands the frequency bands right so it's not like you are this it kind of gives you this range so that you're able to kind of almost self-select like on the scale of like this is where I am right now and I can see how this energy can move me like up or down this frequency Mm -hmm. band into these different aspects of this thing yeah 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 so with you and your patients, what is kind of the, like the lower energy of the patients then where, you know, oh, impatience, exactly. <laughs> impatience, of course. And unfortunately, unfortunately, I was really impatient this morning. It's so rare now that I'm on my, you know, last kid, I have a 15 year old. I was driving her to school and I snapped at her. Sometimes she's a little, you know, she's very straightforward. So sometimes it sounds snotty. And if I'm not in the right frame of mind to accept it, I know she's always offering feedback. And I actually appreciate that about her. But today, I just wasn't in a space to accept it. And I snapped at her. And she's good. Thankfully, they are so not used to me doing that, that it was shocking. So the fact that she was shocked by me being impatient with her was, I guess, a good sign. Mm -hmm. Um, But also, uh, I noticed right away, not just because of her reaction, but as it was coming out of my mouth. So it wasn't even mean, it was just something like, you don't need to tell me that or something dumb. And uh, so I apologized immediately. And I think that now I'm going to cry. Well, we can strive to be perfect and always embody the, like the gift frequency of whatever we are, whether you are a Jinkies um, devotee or not. <laughs> well, um, we do have gifts and we do sometimes, hopefully a lot of times strive to live in a way where we're actually, um, you know, patient and embodying whatever the gifts are that we have and um, in a state of equanimity and not, um, not as reactive to things outside of us and knowing knowing that she experienced me apologizing immediately and knowing that she knows I really mean it um, meant that hopefully it will end up having been a good learning experience for both of us. I still regret, you know, not being patient, but um, I'm not going to let it ruin my, ruin my day. <laughs> but yeah, that's... Um, when I'm not in a, in a place where I'm patient and accepting, it's very obvious to everyone and it hurts me. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's my, uh, <laughs> that's my tale of patience this morning. <sighs> yeah, I think that's such a good reminder that even though, even, even the things that we might be good at or that we might be actively working on, like there's we're never going to get it perfect all the time. Like we're human. There's just, there's just no way. And in a society that really highlights, um, you know, just all the good things, right. Where a lot of, a lot of people are encouraged to just curate like your best moments and the, the wins and things like that. Um, I think it's really important to remember that like 
we all fuck up and we Mm -hmm. all, we all trip up in these, in these moments and that's okay. That's part of the process. And I think being able to acknowledge that and claim that and, you know, just say, okay, that happened, but I'm, I want to make it better and I want to do better is Mm -hmm. just, it's, I find it to be like really radically empowering. And I think that is a, a beautiful change. I think, I don't know. Oh, so one of the things that I'm really into, and I know that you are too, as you're talking about, you know, this experience with your daughter is being a more conscious parent and partner um, in whatever ways those mean to you. And mm-hmm. I know for myself that I didn't necessarily have it modeled to me that when my, you know, when my elders or my parents made a mistake, like they weren't always really quick to be like, oh, that was, that was my fault or whatever. Right. If but, ever. Yeah. And so I think that's something that is so encouraging to see you and, um, you know, other, other parents that I know, like being like, no, we can own this. And this is how we Mm -hmm. teach our children, um, that it's okay to make mistakes and to, you know, increase failure tolerance and and then to keep Mm -hmm. going. Yeah. Yeah. And to not drag all the pain from prior generations and the wounding from prior generations into the future. I mean, I feel like our generations are uh, absolutely on board for stopping this now, like not, um, not pulling, dragging this pain forward. We're healing now. And that takes some serious looking in the mirror. Um, One thing I wanted to mention when you said something about these curated lives that are being presented, Mm -hmm. I feel like there's that, but there's also the opposite side where it's only cool to be cynical. And I think Mm -hmm. it's just as easy to be optimistic while being realistic as it is to be cynical and kind of sour while being realistic. Um, And so if you find yourself being really down about things all the time, it could be a really good experiment to just try taking a look at seeing how things could be different and what you can do, what you personally can do. And then that being good enough. Yes. I think that's so important too, especially as we're getting into this time of year where we're getting into a lot of, um, traditionally like family holidays and time mm-hmm. spent with our perhaps extended family and extended social circles and things like that. And um, sometimes we can be in spaces and places where there are people that know how to push our buttons a little mm-hmm. bit more than the people we might normally are, surround ourselves with. And all of mine live at home with me. <laughs> button pushers live at home. I know. I mean, that's the thing about family, right? Like they just know how they don't even try. I don't think it's just, it's just the way it works that, I mean, the same thing happened to me last night where I was just exhausted and tired. And I got really snappy with my husband because I was just like, I, he was trying to help, but it was not helpful. And so I just had to put myself to bed. Yeah. So, yeah. So what are you, what are some thoughts? Um, like when you're in kind of situations where you know that there's maybe a, a higher probability of you getting your buttons pushed or becoming impatient. Um, are there any 
ways that you're able to kind of get ahead of that curve and prepare yourself for those experiences? Yes. Um, we haven't seen extended family for a couple of years now, but even the very last time we did, um, you know, there's occasionally casual racism in my family and it is absolute, no comment is acceptable to me at all, mm -hmm. especially in front of my children. And um, some people might not even call racism what goes on in my family, but I do. And so my kids are old enough to know that um, if somebody says something, we are not going to tolerate it. And so we enlist each other's help on our way into those situations. A lot of times it doesn't happen. And so, you know, I don't want them to be on the defense, but if I am, I want them to know why and to just be there supporting that if I need to defend people who aren't there for any reason um, yeah. or to uh, correct uh, wrong. Um, that I'm going to do it. And I wanted to, I want to warn them in advance and enlist their support and it works. And usually I, I feel like that um, preparation, maybe even energetically prevents it. I don't know, <laughs> but either way, if it, if it happens, if snide comments happen, if criticizing even family members who aren't there starts to happen, we don't, we don't tolerate that. And so we create an environment where it's not acceptable. So whether it's energetically or if it's by speaking up and the other people at least stop on their train, um, whether they apologize or think about it again or not is not our problem, but we can not tolerate, we can actively not tolerate that kind of behavior or talk. So that's, that's one thing, definitely enlisting the help of people who are your usual support system and, mm -hmm them knowing that, you know, you're there to have their back as well, if yeah. they want to speak up about something. There's nothing worse than speaking up and then your parents ganging up on you, agreeing with the people you're speaking up against, or, you know, the opposite kids jumping on because they think it's funny or something. And so we, we have each other's back and then we talk about it afterward and see what we can do differently. And if it's appropriate to have a conversation outside of that environment. Mm -hmm. So, yes. yeah, that's it. Because the buttons that are pushed are generally not personal. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of us have gotten over that. There's, there's one of us who likes to push personal buttons. But we mostly just text with each other so the buttons don't happen. Yeah, I love <laughs> there's that. There's no... <laughs> Go yeah. ahead, I'm sorry. Oh, I was just going to say, like, creating that united front before you like go into a space that, you know, there might yeah. be those challenges. I think, I think there's, I think there's something, you know, to that just for, I, I think there is an energetic thing to that. Right. Because yeah. when you all like walk in and it's like, Oh, like people know where you stand then. And they know yeah. that because it is like that divide and conquer thing is a very real thing. And I see that Mm -hmm. I haven't been around a lot of extended family in a couple of years either. Um, but <laughs> <I'm kinda nice. laughs> not, I'm not, I'm not really complaining, but like, it is one of those <laughs> things where like, it'd be really, it's, I can see it. It's really easy to like peel one person off. Right. Mm -hmm. And like, they kind of, that happens all the time. My family gatherings where like someone yeah. will corner one of us and then you get stuck in this thing and you're like, help, help. I need, I need backup. Um, and so that's yeah. one thing that my husband always says too, like when we're going into any of those situations is like, let's just stick together. Like 
we've got to stick together in these situations. So I think that's super, super important. But then there's also the balance, right. Of being supportive of one another and like coming in like an aggressive Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. wall. Right. And so it's, um, yeah, we, we worked, practiced different ways in the, yeah, that, that is it. Knowing that we support each other. And if something resonated with something someone said that may have been hurtful, but we want to talk about it later, we talk about it. We don't just sweep it under the, the rug. Yes. Yes. Uh, the open lines of communication. I think that's one thing that I've, you know, as, as we've talked about, you have the um, the great line from I think your dad about uh, the types of trauma is that like giving your kids yeah. new new things. And- yeah, thanks for giving them new and interesting things to go to therapy about, and not dragging the same old boring family trauma forward. <laughs> but having that acknowledged out of the blue um, when we just talked about, I mean, I just mentioned that we just talked about not dragging this forward. Having it acknowledged by someone who's not generally um, you know, around me and also mm-hmm. doesn't usually have those kinds of kind of deep emotional communications. We have a lot of fun, but not always, always that connecting that over the years, um, yeah, that he seems to have recognized that and I appreciate it. Yeah. I love that. I love that for all of you. It's, it's so yeah. nice, even when, you know, our parents don't necessarily understand or give mm-hmm. those moments because like you were talking about when something's bothering you and your family you have these open lines of dialogue where you and your your partner your kids whatever can can openly talk about especially it especially the kids yeah yeah and that's something that uh is huge especially if that was not something that was modeled to you growing up no no so. no not at all um and the, that's why this, my snapping this morning was all the more, like, I felt it all the more that it, I didn't want to do that because she was just giving me feedback like we always do. And it wasn't meant personally and I took it personally. And so it was definitely an example of, <laughs> of when to apologize immediately and when maybe to let it sit. Um, I know it's not healed. That's the I didn't apologize and think it's fixed. That's the other thing. You know, the apology is sincere. And so I know that it's going to take some time to heal that. I read something by a dad this week where like uh, his, his son was saying mean things because he was reacting. And um, so he took him out. He was like six or seven years old and took him out in the driveway and gave him a hammer and nails and a board and said for every mean thing you've said I want you to hammer a nail in and then he came back out the kid was done and said now you need to pull them out and so the kid pulled them out and he was like okay look what's left so of course I forgive you but also there are these holes and all those holes need to be repaired and so that was such a beautiful graphic analogy for what I've been trying to model and live my adult life and so yeah, not taking it lightly that I apologize. That doesn't make it better. I apologize. And that's the first step. Yeah, that is really, really great. And I think I love that, especially for a child to be able to comprehend, because I think a lot of times kids are taught to apologize, but Mm -hmm. that's, that's where it ends, right? Like there's no concept of the actual 
effects of what they have said or done, mm -hmm. right? Because it's just like, and the oh, repair, yeah, that needs to happen. Yeah. yeah, it's like, oh, I apologize. So everything's fine, and I'm not mm -hmm. sure that you know, even when you're when you're five or six or whatever, that you really grasp that. So that's such a beautiful exercise, and it's giving me some food for thought because I bought my kid an actual like real hammer last year for her birthday that maybe maybe well, that's feel free to use it it's not mine <laughs> yeah that was really cool but I thought it was yeah it was good and I'm also still learning like I don't want to give the impression that I've got this all figured out I mean I snapped at my kid who didn't deserve it this morning obviously I'm still learning um and uh yeah that's, um, I think, also being open to constantly learning is important, no matter how old you are. Yeah, I, there's, oh, I was talking to someone about this the other day, like, there is no finish line. There's no point at which we get to, like, tick the box and we're like, cool, yes, I've completely healed this thing or I've completely, you know, mastered this thing because it's just it, it doesn't work like that um no and it's like a it's a spiral right it's um as if it starts to feel like a circle and you keep coming around to that same spot and it hurts exactly as much or more like that's a sign that it's not healed but when you come around again and you experience it differently a little more lightly or um, a little less um, painfully or differently even like maybe the same amount of painful but it's a different part of it like maybe it's acknowledging your part in whatever that hurt is or acknowledging that someone else has hurt you and like actually holding them accountable for it that spiral coming around again a little bit further away and building in it so that it's not like so that it's a steady foundation for growth is important because we're never going to not be hurt. We're never going to not experience, you know, the human experience includes a whole, <laughs> a whole range of emotions and frequencies like we talked about in the beginning. And we're going to, we're going to run into them all the time, whether we're, we think we're healed from them or not, but the progress is made when we maybe, when they maybe when we experience something and it doesn't completely shut us down or we can learn something from it and try something different next time but knowing it's going to come next time there's yeah. going to be next time yeah yeah the the i think the um the goal right is just that when when these things come back around because life is not linear it's cyclical that when it comes back around we experience it in a different way right we're like able to see it through a new lens or to glean some new like insight from it instead of the same like it's one thing when it's the same problem over and over again right, right. But then once you're able to get past that and maybe heal or kind of solve that issue like it will come back and then there'll be a new a new layer to add of, of what you can learn from that mm -hmm. so yeah my postal carrier is here you might want to Okay, so Karen, I wanted to ask you, what is, as we're like thinking about these, these spirals and these loops, mm -hmm. what is something that you do to come back to yourself or to help you understand yourself better? It's so rare that I slow down. I would love to say that I slow down and meditate for an hour and, or even take a bath. Those are dreams. 
I don't take that much time. Um, so what I do is I stay up a little later than everybody else. Sometimes I light a candle and write things down. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I listen to a couple songs and sketch and allow, um, allow my brain to sort itself out. Um, sometimes I put a question to my, <laughs> my different layers of consciousness uh, before I go to bed. And a lot of times it's solved or resolved by the morning. Um, so sleep on it. Yeah. Sleep on it is one thing. Stay awake a little longer, which is kind of the opposite of sleeping on it, um, is another thing, you know, we've had a hard time getting alone time in this, in these past couple of years. So, um, yeah, those, those are the things that I do. Um, I need to be by myself in order to reflect on that. It's not something Unlike when I, when it's very obvious, like in the car this morning, oh yeah, I noticed it right away and start the, um, the ball rolling in the opposite direction, but it's still, still obviously sitting with me now. So that's how I am with myself. I allow myself to reflect on things without, I don't feel guilty about this morning. So I want that to be clear. Like I'm just trying to allow it to, um, show me what's the best way to resolve the situation. So I allow myself to sit in it, not stew in it, but, but to sit in it and not everything's going to be repairable immediately. And maybe not everything needs to be repaired. Um, so yeah, allowing what's around to be around and then finding my response to it sometimes takes time in human design I'm emotional authority so definitely um, once I learned that and I realized even saying yes to invitations and things like that I would I would have to get back to people saying I'll get back to you is not natural to me so um, sometimes I have to get back to me and so I've been practicing that um, I think been practicing yeah I've especially like I think about that too as we are we are creeping into the season where I mean it's here where where we live in the northern hemisphere like it's getting darker it's we're mm -hmm. we're wintering we are being asked like the seasons are are physically encouraging us to go inside physically but also like emotionally right and to mm -hmm. really kind of sit with ourselves and sometimes that's not comfortable um no. sometimes i think we haven't been taught that it's okay to feel uncomfortable and to right. to take time with ourselves um yeah. we live in a world where things are so fast-paced and everything is instant that it i mean i know for myself i have some shame sometimes when i have to like when i take what i think is too long to do something but that's yes. just a self-imposed standard that I don't even know where I'm pulling that from. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. And I also wanted to mention too that um, sometimes sitting in something when it's really painful is where you start and then you realize you need some help. And so I still see a therapist, um, well, talk to one on the phone, um, 
because I want to now it's not trying to understand what the, the past was, but now it's more working forward, like how to maintain a healthy baseline, how to even have these thoughts that I could sit in something that's not comfortable um, and find a way out of it. And so, yeah, getting help is also, I mean, I, I would be neglectful to, to not mention that, highly advocate. <laughs> having mental health assistance if you need it. Absolutely. And I, I mean, I believe that's one of those things that everyone can benefit from, even if, even if, even if you don't have the, the means or the resources to see a therapist or, you know, whatever, whatever is like just having people that you trust that you, that will listen to you, that will be there for you is. And who will tell you the truth. Yeah. And not just when what you, you want to hear. Right. Um, yes. When you ask <laughs> also. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Not unsolicited <laughs> advice. <laughs> yeah. We don't need that. We don't need that unsolicited advice. But I think I read a quote about how, um, oh, I'm going to mess it up now, but basically that like people that will tell you the truth about, you know, what's going on are people that actually want to um, really like to help you. Right. Because if there's, there's a lot of times where people that love us or care about us, like sometimes they feel like we can't handle the truth or they don't want to be mean or, or whatever else. And so if you can find someone that is able to give that to you in a space where um, it's done respectfully and and with your consent. um, And that, you know, they love you anyway. Like Mm -hmm. that's the difference between kindness and niceness, I think. Um, saying something's okay when it's not okay isn't kind it might be nice it might get you out of a situation quickly that you don't want to deal with but it's not going to repair it so that's I'd rather be kind than nice oh I like that if I had to pick (laughs) I'd rather be both but um you know when it's called for and that kindness has to be self-directed as well yeah that's... If I am having trouble being kind outwardly, I have to look in the mirror. That's the best practice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Start at home, like in our bodies at home. Absolutely. I think, I think that's a really important thing. And that's definitely something that I had to learn as a, Me too. as a, a continually evolving and reforming people pleaser, um, especially working as a coach, like sometimes it's not always easy to like, you know, there sometimes I have to tell people things that I know they don't want to hear, but they don't, they're not working with me for me to just like, you know, like I love being a hype person, but it's the yeah. same thing, kind versus nice, like glossing over things that aren't really in your best interest is not, that's not transformational. No, it's not kind. Yeah. And so, um, that was definitely something that I had to work on for a while. I was like, you know, how do I do this in a way that feels caring and loving and supportive, but also doesn't like, you know, gloss over the things that really need to be said. So, Mm -hmm. um, but you're very right that looking, going inward and, and, and looking at that with yourself first, I think is, is, um, a big piece of that. So, and finding friends who are also willing to do that, like you said, people you can trust, but who are willing to do that with themselves. Um, 
that's there are enough people I, I mean i can have fun with anybody so i don't just i as i get older i think um i want to go deep like i don't i don't have really surface level relationships very much anymore mm -hmm. yeah. um I, I like to go deep so i appreciate you for that reason and our other friends um yeah <laughs> it's important and not that every conversation is you know serious and tear-filled um obviously um even though of course i did cry earlier but the um <laughs> it doesn't end, it, it doesn't end up that way right because we're um we're working on ourselves and it doesn't always have to feel like a hammer and nail yeah it can just, just be forgiveness and tenderness yeah and just knowing that that option is there right that it's yeah, one of those things right. that you have these these people these places and spaces where it's safe that if that's what you need you know that it's yeah. available to you i think that that goes a very very long way right and it doesn't carry that weird shame afterward like you were you were mentioning a little bit before the um like feeling bad for saying something or feeling bad for making it about me well if you're with friends who want to to help and support you even if they can't actually do anything except say i understand and i or i don't understand but i support you or how can i help yeah it doesn't um it, it can be a nurturing environment and still full of laughter and joy and especially for laughing at ourselves it's so yeah, much more fun absolutely yeah. yeah we're we're not all here to fix each other we're not serious either we're not um, all serious yeah no but i mean it's one of those things that i think i see this a lot in like kind of conscious parenting mm -hmm. spaces where you know I think it's really easy as a parent to want to something goes wrong for your kid and you just want to fix it for them, but that doesn't actually right. teach them how to fix it for themselves. And so sometimes right. the only thing they need is for you to just acknowledge that you're there with them and you're, you're understanding what's happening and then let them decide what is best for them to do next. Yeah. And we aren't them. So we don't have the experience of having ourselves as parents, um, except for our inner child. But um, we don't know what it's like for them at school, even if they tell us what we think is everything. We don't know what they're going through, especially if you have a child who has a, you know, I have one with autism. So I don't know how they process things mm -hmm. in their hearts and minds. Um, and then I have another who's an introvert. I'm not an, nobody is an introvert. <laughs> the rest of the siblings are not really, they thought they were, but they're not. So, um, you know, having respect for that experience while not trying to fix them because trying to fix them shows them that something's wrong with them um, and having respect for what they're going through without trying to step in. It's hard. It's way harder than just doing everything for our kids. Yeah, especially if we grew up with parents who didn't really do anything for us and swinging over to the other side um, instead of seeing the value in some of the having to grow up that we did ourselves. Mm -hmm. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I see. Before I even had a child, I could see that that pattern in so many people that I knew with with their children. It's like I knew that you grew up this way. And so now that you have a child you're going so far in the opposite direction, right? And it's right. It, those, those, that pendulum, it's so easy mm -hmm. to get it to swing so far one way or the other. And, 
and that doesn't heal anything either. We have to be able to see some value or some lesson that was learned that we can pass on in a good way because no, none of our ancestral lines were all terrible. There's something something good or valuable um, that we that we can pass on. And so that's where the healing comes in, I think. Not pretending nothing was wrong, but seeing it all and still valuing what can come out of it is that's where the, the healing comes in. My mom said when we had, <laughs> I was a senior in high school and she got a golden retriever puppy because we lost our collie. And I, she's a good dog owner and like her dogs are all very well behaved, cared for and loved, and they don't sleep in her bed, which is fine, right? They sleep in their own dog beds. A concept that, of course, has never happened in my house. And she knew this would never happen in my house because I, as a high school senior, slept on the kitchen floor with the puppy because he was crying. And so she says, I knew you'd always, I knew you'd have kids in your bed and dogs in your bed. Yep. I like it. I like it. So that's fine. I, I mean, as, as the person who sleeps in the middle of my husband, my child, and my dog in our bed, like, I know that. And you saying that, like, I was the person we had a sick cat when I was growing up that she, like near the end of her life, she was just not well. And I used to just sleep on the floor. She'd like get like under furniture and I just sleep on the floor next to her. And I didn't even like, I wasn't even close with the cats, but I just couldn't handle her not feeling well and being alone. So I get it. Mm -hmm. I know you do. I know you do. Oh, but to be an 18 year old with a sore back, and why do you have a sore back? Because I slept on linoleum. Right. Yeah. Just, just, yeah. It's worth it. Totally worth it. Again, that whole thing, like sometimes it's hard to see, you know, people are, people, animals, what I call, I call my animals people when they're sad or lonely, like you just want to, you just want to help. So even Mm -hmm. if, even if the only thing you can do is just like physically being present. Yeah. I get that. I get that so, so much. <laughs> okay. So before we get to, I've got, I've got a couple rapid fire questions for you, but before we get to that, because oh, you okay. are as, I mean, as a fellow witch, as someone that, you know, practices living intentionally and magically, um, could you share with us one way that you will be infusing more magic into your life this winter oh yeah well of course I will be continuing my opening and closing ritual that I perform it takes less than a minute but I still do it every time I come into my workspace and when I leave my workspace um, I also will continue to make food from scratch and that in itself is a spell and a put love and care into meals I make with and for my family. Um, also cleaning and decorating are other ways. Um, we don't go all out on holiday decorations, but what we do share and display are all um, things that we either all agree on or we have brought forward from our childhoods or um, contain stories and memories that we want to share. And so I think making meaning, um, that's the way to bring magic into our everyday. Um, Yeah, that's also making gifts. That's one of my favorite things to do. So when it's time for birthdays or holidays, I I love to make something, even if the person wants um, 
you know, wants a specific thing, I like to make something that goes along with it. Or my youngest child makes these elaborate cards that um, she even gives them to her friends and her friends have started hand making cards to give to her Aww. on her birthday. And so, and it's so meaningful because they write something nice inside and they either draw something or collage something. And um, knowing that someone took time to only think about you is, is really important. And so continuing to value and model that um, value that I place uh, is how I'm gonna bring magic in this winter and always. I love that you, I mean, as I mean, you, you, sew, you, you, I know that you're like getting into like painting and I've seen your watercolors, you make all kinds of magical, magical things. So they're such, they're, they're the nicest gifts. I have, I have two of your face masks and I always feel like a little layer of extra like energetic protection when I wear them out because I'm like oh yeah. no I know it's the there. intention that this was made with right it's not made out of you can't thing. wash that off no just <laughs> that's just that's in there right that is yeah it is that is sewn in I love yeah. that yeah and taking on more projects that uh, allow me to to really um put the healing energy we've learned to conduct you and I in our classes um yeah. So that people walk around feeling that whether they are my friends like you or someone who hires me to make something, I don't even need to tell them about it. They, they know. So I like, I like doing the more personal work. And so yeah, more personal equals more magical to me. Absolutely. And I want to connect more to the earth I'm living on now. Mm -hmm. this area I didn't grow up here I've always wanted to live here and so the more I learn and the more I interact with natural plant life and the more I put my feet on the ground and breathe the air of the trees on the little hiking trails mm -hmm. the more I feel connected and connection is magic so that's how so true you're speaking my language and I'm so excited that yeah. yeah like your daughter has been has picked that up from you right because I know that she she's only 15 but she's a very talented maker oh yeah she made clothes that she wears to school she, she yeah. makes all kinds of things and that that that's mm -hmm. spreading right like these little things yeah. that we do that yes. we think you know we we think or we don't even think that they're a big deal but we just do like it's so easy for that to spread it out her friends are making cards and I love that. I love that. Yeah. Oh, and veganizing family recipes, you know, like there's nothing vegetarian in Hungarian culture. So turning those things into, you know, kindness infused uh, recipes um, where no harm is done. That's my ahimsa practice there. Mm -hmm. um, one of the limbs of yoga um, is a way to that we can like make new traditions while also honoring the old. And so that too is part of ancestral magic. Yes. Oh, I love mm. that. I've just, I kind of, yeah, I've, I've just yesterday decided we were talking about Christmas dinner and how it's gotten kind of boring at our house. Like we're just kind of tired of it. And I was like, I'm going to go back. And for a long time, I had avoided veganizing some of the things that I used to always eat. Yeah. So I was just like, no, I was like, I'm going to veganize the cheesy potatoes that I always made when I was, yes. you know, like, I, I really, I just had a I had a, I had a hankering. I was like, I, I want to go back and do that. So I'm going to do that this yeah. year. It's the texture and the saltiness and the, you know, that's all involved. It doesn't have to be the the dairy and the cheese that is the, the memory. It's the texture and the love and the togetherness. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, those are all mm -hmm. such beautiful ways to um, 
to bring more magic into your life. But I also think it's just like you're saying, feeling more connected, like that automatically generates this, this feeling of field and comfort, right? So yeah. that you're just yeah. automatically feeling, oh yeah, just more cozy in, in yourself, in your own spaces. Mm-hmm. So important. Yeah. Okay. It is. I love that. Thank you, Karen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. I have, thank you. I have a few rapid fire questions that I would love to ask you and just kind of see, see what comes up for you. So where is a place that you just love? In my workspace, my studio. And why? Um, because it is surrounded with a beautiful garden that my landlords have planted and it's not something I've never been a gardener so experiencing this um, and being free to take whatever I want from it they always invite me to take what I like um, has been wonderful we bring lavender from here home we bring there's a giant sage bush right outside my window so I use it in my cooking I connect my um, my work in my personal life in this in this small way as well and it's my own little oasis so yeah that's what I love about it. I love that. Very cool. Okay. What is lighting you up right now? Like what can you just not get enough of in your life? Mm. I, my kid has been sailing my youngest one and I love talking with her about it, learning about it with her and um, just seeing her, um, as part of a team when she's been such an individualist her whole life. Um, and doing so, so well working with others, that's, that's lighting me up. I love that. That's so cool. Kids, kids will do that. Such a mom. Yeah. They're magical. (laughs) Okay. All right. We've got where we've got what, all right. Who, what is an archetype or a person type of person that you would like to embody more of in your life? That is a tough one. I think probably, I mean, I can't get enough of being a fairy godmother. So there's that. Mm-hmm. And then there's also the tarot magician um, making something out of what's around uh, into something else, this constant alchemy. I feel like I have a handle on those though. So um, I guess maybe I would like to really start making clothes for myself and dressing in a way that really represents who I am. So I think I want to, is it weird to want to embody myself as an archetype so that the inside can be visible on the outside? That's, that's it. That is super cool. And I don't think that's weird at all. I think that's like really inspirational because there's, I put up this Miles Davis quote the other day that sometimes it takes a long time to sound like yourself. And so yes, you know yeah. who you are inside, but sometimes it takes a while to be able to like bring that out into a tangible, visible, you know, like really embody that on the outside. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I'm here for that. Yeah. Very, very cool. Very cool. Okay. So this is goes along with that, but when do you feel most like yourself? Mm. 
surprisingly, it's not when I'm here working. Isn't that funny? It's um, when I'm outside, when I am out in nature, whether it's by the water or by the trees on a mountain. Um, yeah, fresh air uh, is definitely when I feel most myself is when I am a part of my environment. good answers thank you thank you for sharing these with us Karen thank you for having this conversation there was thank you for helping me surprise myself I didn't know what your questions were going to be so thanks so many gems in there oh, amazing amazing and wonderful okay so tell us how can people what what how can people learn more about you work with you what do you have going on Oh, well, there'll be another cohort of Sewing is Magic, which is a self-led four-week course of um, learning how to sew from scratch. That'll uh, be starting again in February. And so you can get on the waiting list on my website for that. My website is karenlafage.me. And um, all of the things I do are on there, my professional offerings and my personal offerings. Um, I'm going to be teaching some classes in person. And I have a quarterly mending lab coming up in um, December, I think it's December 19th, but I also have one in person here in Seattle coming up in a couple weeks. So this will be, they'll be gone by the time, uh, <laughs> the time this airs, but I'm constantly adding new things. And if the in-person offerings go well, I'll continue doing those because I love to interact with people in person and missed it a lot. Yeah. yeah. And then just keep an eye out. Uh, I have a newsletter and I'm trying to not spend a lot of time on social media. So I'm only there when it's fun. And when it's fun, I'm really in. And when it's not fun, <laughs> I'm just out. So yeah. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I don't have to maintain a relationship with Instagram. <laughs> so no. No, you I'm, don't. Just, I'm just there for the people and uh, the people I'm connecting with. So Very cool. when, okay. I'm, when I'm in it, I'm in it. And when not, you can always find me on my website or in my pretty irregular, but very heartfelt newsletter very, very heartfelt newsletter. I'm here to attest to that, um, where there's all kinds of goodies that you put in there. They're, they're so thoughtful. Um, there's, yeah, I've gotten recipes from you. I've learned how to fix yeah. my own clothes. Yeah. I've, you know, you've got gene keys stuff that you're doing. There's just, you're such, you know, oh, that big MG energy where you just, you, you are so knowledgeable and wise about very many things. And I feel like you share that knowledge very generously um, with your kids. Because I've made all the mistakes that I can. <laughs> That's it. I'm a professional mistake maker. So I, I want someone to learn from it, not just me. I'm here to share. Collapsing timelines. <laughs> yeah. Helping yes. us do that. So important. We thank you for yeah. it. Anytime. All right. Thank you, Karen. It's been a pleasure Thank to spend you. some time with you today. I feel the same. Thank you. Okay. For real though, how much do you love Karen, right? She's so lovely. And I'm so glad that you got to spend some time with her and us today. We've got all the links in the show notes, but you can find her at karenlepage.me. Lepage is L-E-P-A-G-E -E dot me. I highly recommend everything she has to offer, but especially a Gene Keys reading if you are ready to contemplate your higher purpose in life. Um, and if all of this like 
astrology, human design, gene key stuff is confusing to you. I'm working on a special new offering. It's called the self systems dashboard to help you create and understand your own charts better. Um, and it's really for people like me who didn't have the resource to be able to go out and get all these readings at first. And so what this does is it helps you take what you can find for free online and kind of pulls all those resources into one place for you and puts it um, into a customizable notion dashboard so that you can start making sense of it. And because all of this stuff is so layered and so complex, I definitely highly recommend getting a reading when and if you feel called to go deeper on any of the modalities. Um, and I do provide some of my most favorite and trusted readers within the resource, Karen included, of course. So if you want to get on the wait list for that, um, that's over at collective-commons.com self. You can sign up to be the first to know and get the special introductory pricing. Um, okay. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing your time and attention with us today. You are so fucking special and so valued. Please, please know that. Um, I'll be back next week with another combo. I can't speak today, but we're going with it with another cozy combo with Bridget from Bridget Marie energy design. That is so good. She totally amazed me with her perspective on some things that I think you're going to want to hear. So talk soon, be well, and I love you. Bye.